Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. G'day and welcome to this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier and today you're going to meet Teresa Gambaro. Now we've been talking a lot about Teresa uh, in the last few weeks as uh, Werribee Accounting Services, uh, Teresa's company has been sponsoring the podcast for the last couple of weeks but today we're actually going to talk to her uh, and of course uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, what's going on at the moment in the world of finance and the world of tax and uh, what a busy time it is uh, for Teresa and her team at Werribee Accounting Services. We'll also talk more importantly about, in many ways, uh, Teresa's uh, connection with the community and how you can be connected with the community and what you get out of being connected with the community and the ways you can go about it. Really important uh, area that uh, that we all need to delve into. A lot of people talk about it, but not a lot of people actually do it. Teresa Gambaro is, is one person who actually does do it. So we'll talk to her about that uh, shortly. A reminder about Werribee Accounting Services. As much as they're not officially sponsoring uh, this edition of the podcast, I would like to say you can give uh, Teresa's team a call on 9742 6235 and jump on the uh, the website winpower.com. Teresa has generously uh, given the uh, sponsorship of this particular edition of the podcast over to the Committee for Wyndham, so I can tell you a little bit about the work that they do. You can see it all on their on their Facebook page and on the website. Uh, the Committee for Wyndham has been around for uh, over 20 years now. It's the third oldest of the uh, committee-type uh, uh, advocacy-type uh, organisations behind the uh, the ones that have been operating for Melbourne and for Sydney, so it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of credentials uh, in the marketplace and certainly does some great work in the City of Wyndham. And if you are not a member and you're listening to this podcast, please consider becoming a member of the uh, Committee for Wyndham. Uh, Simple as just jumping on uh, the Facebook page and the website and you can get all the details there of some of the great programs that are on. I was involved in one uh, last week, uh, a Zoom meeting uh, at eight o'clock one morning last week. Oh, it was cold and bitter. And I didn't actually realise there were two eight o'clocks in the day until most recent times. But we had a chat about communication with a whole stack of business people uh, in the uh, the city of Wyndham. It was a really good, uh, invigorating chat and uh, certainly well worthwhile. That's just one of the programs that's going on uh, and being run by the Committee for Windows. All the details on the website and of course on the Facebook page. But let's get to our guest for this week. It's Teresa Gambaro. Teresa, thank you so much for your time. I know this is a, well, I guess this is a very busy time of the year for you. It certainly is. It's uh, tax, what we call tax season. So we're normally inundated with bodies, but this year we're, we're dealing with things remotely, whether by Zoom or by phone, and uh, that seems to be going down well. Uh, now, have people rushed to get their tax done? Because if people are like me, it sits there in a corner, and then when you get to it, you get to it. But now that you've got a bit of extra time on your hands, it's like, oh, I can do that now. Yeah, I, I don't know whether rush is the good is the, the right word. We we didn't take any appointments for the first two weeks of July. Okay. So we had a we had a. Um, uh, just so that we, you know, we could scope out the lay of the land and make sure that everything was working correctly. The third week was was pretty busy. We're into the fourth week now, and I have a full book. So okay. um, yeah, that's interesting. As do my staff. So <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, just outside of the taxation part of it and the accounting part of it, I would imagine the the job keeper and explaining all all the ways that's worked for your clients and for and for people has been a, another thing you've had to kind of deal with in the last couple of months. Yeah, job keeper. Although the the once once 
uh, we understood the way that that was going to work. The application process wasn't too difficult. I think um, the big thing that I've noticed is um, uh, people are very unsettled. And who do you ring when you're feeling unsettled during your accountant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's okay. You know, um, everybody needs reassurance, particularly people in business. They don't know what their future holds. Um, so it's a matter of um, keeping things steady, um, looking at innovation where that's, where that's possible, um, you know, whether it's via, in, in our case, via Zoom or, or phone consult. Um, but in other businesses, they need to rethink about um, the way that they interact with their client base and how they encourage um, their client base or their customer base um, how they encourage loyalty. You know, what is it that they can give their customer that's going to get their customer coming back to them? How are they going to service their customer? Um, you know, in, in in the same manner. And bearing in mind that a lot of uh, a lot of business relationships or, or service relationships around um, there's a degree of personal relationship around yeah. that. So yeah. um, those relationships tend to be disrupted if you can't sit one on one. It's something we've uh, we've had to do, and we've had to do on the run, uh, and obviously something will, I guess, will evolve even more as we go along. Um, are businesses uh, uh, adapting to the change and and embracing the change? I don't know about embracing. I think that will come <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, but they're certainly adapting. I've been surprised at the speed with which um, business is adapting to a new environment. It's just it's amazing. People are, are uh, thinking on their feet. Um, and, and that's a sign of, of a healthy business if yeah. you're able to um, adapt in that manner. Teresa, the, uh, the the economy. Would you would you uh, as someone who's been in the in the industry for a number of years now? Would you would you describe the the current economy and the current business kind of um, situation as a nervous situation? Um, I don't know about nervous. Apprehensive. I think, um, no, no, no. I, I would call it um, focused. So I, I like to look for positives. Um, so yes, we're all you know afraid of what might happen if this if this thing doesn't go away and, and how our lives might look. Um, but but as I said, um, most businesses that I deal with have adapted quite well and they've adapted quite quickly. Um, anybody who is successful in business knows that you need to think on your feet. Um, that you you can't really. Uh, Second guess yourself. You know, once you decide upon a course of action, that's that's what you need to do. You might adapt a little bit along the way, um, but it, it always has to be forward momentum. Yeah, no, it's a very good philosophy to have. Um, one of the one of the organisations I mentioned in the in the intro that uh, that you've been involved with is is Recklink. You're a board member at, at Recklink. One of the things we yes, wanted to talk one one of the things we wanted to talk about in this podcast is is people engaging with their community, and you can do that in a number of ways as you've done over the years. Tell us about uh, the Recklink Association first up. Ah, uh, well, Recklink. Um, I was uh, I was on the board of the Werribee Legal Service um, when it was a um, before it became West Justice. And we were looking for board members to uh, push out our, our numbers. And Peter Cullen turned along the street and stopped at our stands and started looking at our brochures and that. And we had a good old conversation. Yeah. And I said to him, we're looking for board members. Would you be interested? And he said to me, well, no, I've got a lot on my plate, but we're looking for board members. Would you be interested? <laughs> so that was, that was 2005. 
um, oh, wow. so quite quite some time ago. I served until um, 2012, um, and then took a bit of a break and was asked to come back in 15. And uh, five years later, I'm I'm uh, still there. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a great organisation. It's got so much goodwill, so much potential to not change people's lives, but to empower people's lives. Um, simply via the medium of sport yep. um, and or social connection. You know, um, it, 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 you see people blossom. Um, you know, they'll come, quite often people will come to a program and they'll be a bit, you know, a bit of a loner and they'll stand on the sidelines and then uh, might have a kick of the footy uh, and then somebody kicks it back to them and then all of a sudden they're drawn into a group setting. And we all know that, that um, you know, if you, if you look at any social studies, we know that connection is uh, it's almost like an immunization it protects it, it protects you from from some of society's ills yeah. so the more connected a person is um, the more positive they become and the more they're able to um, empower themselves to be who they want to be I think is probably a good way of putting it yeah. um, but it also helps to it, it acts that connection and that having somewhere to go and somebody to get advice from that acts as a bit of an antidote to some of society's ills. So, you know, some of our participants will be people who um, may have struggled with uh, substance abuse. Uh, they may have mental health issues. We, we do a lot in the disability space currently. Um, all of those things can tend to be quite isolating. And, you know, as an individual, when you're isolated, you, you sort of shrink back into yourself. But the beauty of RecLink is that it helps people to start believing in themselves again yeah. um, and and it helps them to be able to connect with other people and that that connection in itself is a strength. It, like, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect summation of it. But like a lot of organisations or every organisation, it, it relies on funding and that and that uh, unfortunately doesn't just fall out of trees and uh, and jump into the, uh, into the coffers, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. We've been very fortunate to have um, the support of, uh, both federal and state governments um, in some municipalities, also local government sponsorship yep. or, or, or funding, depending upon what it is that we want to do. Um, the national funding uh, from the federal government is uh, it's it, that's our core. So anything that um, that goes above that means that we can provide services um, extra to. The basic services that we might um, that we might provide. We work. We don't do the well. I was going to say we don't do the work ourselves. Our services um, are delivered via hundreds of agencies. So the agencies will work with the participants directly on on whatever issues they may have, and part of that person's engagement with that agency is the opportunity to participate in programs that are run by RecLEC. Yep. Now, the majority of them are sporting-based, um, but we also offer some arts-based um, programs as well from time to time. The programs that we offer tend to be driven by demand, so it's the it's participants who are saying, I'd really like to do you know, uh, painting or play a game of footy. 
Um, and and if there is sufficient demand, then then we create that for them in uh, conjunction with the agency that the participant is engaged with. I should yeah. point out to people, a, a back episode of uh, this particular podcast featuring the new chair, Michael Brown, is available to have a listen to, to get a full kind of, uh, I guess, a, a, a overview of what uh, what Recklink's all about and what uh, what they're hoping to achieve and, uh, and obviously been yeah. a very integral part of that. The whole community connection thing is a really important part of, uh, of, of what you do as a, as a human being, isn't it, Teresa? It, it certainly is. It certainly is. I grew up um, in country that Victoria. Uh, my dad was a school teacher, a school principal actually, <laughs> and we we moved every two to three years. So um, as he you know got the next promotion and the next promotion, um, it's very daunting um, to move into a new town and not know anybody. Um, and one of the uh, one of the when I was sort of thinking about what I was going to say today. Um, that's my foundation. When you when you move to a new place and you don't know anybody, the first thing you do is you join the footy club or the tennis club or um, uh, whatever it might be, so that you can connect with the people that you're going to be living with. My my dad, you know, would when we moved to a new place, the first thing he did would have a look to see what community groups were around that he could participate in, um, and and he developed his networks that way. So I've sort of grown up. With knowing that you need to to have a strong community in particular, um, which most country communities were in those days, I'm not quite sure about now. Um, but you need to have connection with the people around you. You become a bit of a um, yeah, force field, for want of a word. Yeah. So, so community connection was was um, significant for me when I was growing up, particularly in the in the sporting arena. I used to enjoy my sports when I was fit enough to do it. Um, <laughs> But it's also been good for me from a business perspective. So um, I opened my business in uh, 92. I've been going for nearly, I don't know whether it's nearly 30 years or something or other, I can't remember anymore. Um, and, I mean, accounting can tend to be a little bit boring. You're sitting in the office by yourself and crunching numbers and doing all that sort of stuff. So I joined a number of uh, business groups. The first one was uh, Werribee Town and Traders, which uh, Peter Ross, the ex-councillor, was the chair of at the time. Yep. He took me under his wing and uh, taught me how to fly. So uh, I went from there to um, uh, I was, you know, at, at some of the founding meetings for Wyndham Business, which is a very um, uh, healthy business connection where, where people from particularly small business um, can go and, and and talk with people of like minds who are experiencing, you know what it's like to run a small business on your own. Yep. Um, I, I joined a number of, um, with, again, Peter Ross, pushing me in the right direction, um, uh, joined a number of committees that uh, Wyndham Council ran, uh, in particular the Safety Committee and um, there's a, a Police Consultative Committee um, as well that I was on. I think they gave me too much energy because then they decided that they were going to, um, uh, Wyndham was, was uh, starting to get quite, Large, the population wasn't wasn't serviced well uh, in terms of recreation. We had the footy and the tennis and that, but uh, we still had uh, Werribee outdoor pool. Yep. Council decided to build a new pool, the indoor one, uh, the aquatic centre on uh, Dermot Road, I think it is, and they were going to close the old Werribee pool, and I thought that that was a bit of a crime. So um, I think I wrote a letter to the um, to the editor. And and uh, next thing you know, I'm out 
getting petitions signed and doing all sorts <laughs> of wonderful things. Um, uh, my my children and I would go down to the pool each each weekend, and we we started painting. We had a steering group, you know, volunteers coming out of everywhere to refurb um, the outdoor pool. Council eventually gave up their idea of closing it. Um, and uh, it's there in all its glory again, and it's, it's something my kids still talk about. Yeah. Of, um, you know, the number of people that actually volunteered to to save something that you know had for, for many people a lot of childhood memories and uh, you know, a lot of um, yeah, good feel. Oh, good stuff. Absolutely, and a really important part of that that little sporting precinct down the bottom end of uh, of Watton Street too, with the the footy grounds down there, the tennis courts are there, the bowling clubs there, and the and the swimming pool. It's a really important uh, important precinct, and we've seen we, we've seen that kind of uh, connection in in Werribee over the years. I mean, uh, back to the toxic dump, back to the when the football club had the massive rally there on the ground in at the end of '95. You mentioned the outdoor pool. We had the the, the big rally um, uh, the other year in uh, in Station Place. So that that uh, there is a sense of community about about Wyndham now that you would have seen grow through the Werribee days as well. Yeah, look, I think um, we're not that far distant from being a country town. I, I still remember the sign on the highway as you drove into Werribee, um, Werribee, the country suburb, and that that was I think in the mid nineties. Yeah, um, and that's that was when it was transforming from a country town, which it was. Um, to a suburb of Melbourne, so you know that that um, that transformation from one to the other can be difficult for some communities. But I think we're fortunate in Wyndham that we have a very strong community, um, uh, particularly you know the, the market gardeners come out in their tractors every time we need them. It, yep. You know, it's um, there's that people keep to themselves, but when it matters, um, they all um, you know pull together in the right direction to get the best for this community. So, yes, it is a strong community and hopefully it will stay that way. I found when I was on the legal service, um, we that we had um, we had quite a large young population. I think percentage-wise it was one of the largest in, um, in Victoria and that comes with its own um, challenges. So... Um, we had a number of volunteer programs. We we ran music festivals, uh, a festival called Strussfest, which uh, went you know really really well. We we managed to get children, when I say children, under 18s um, engaged in the the not just the performance because they had their bands, but they also did the league work in in the setting up. We had a, a subcommittee at council. So we managed to get young people engaged in that process, and they they were just so energetic, so innovative, um, and it was great to see. And and that that young generation are now adults, and uh, I know some of them are already engaged in community endeavours. So that was good. And the the, the connection to make that connection is pretty easy to get involved in the community, and the and the satisfaction and the uh, I guess the the reward that you get out of it is uh, is immense. Um, yes, yeah, certainly the reward. As I said um, a, a while back, I my passion is empowering people, um, and it, it, it's about people. People become empowered when they realise that they can. Um, they, they're not um, consigned consigned to you know I can't make a difference. Yep. People can make a difference. You know, I, I spent um, a number of years. I spent a number of years on the parole board, um, sitting on people, sitting 
in judgment, for want of a word, um, on people who had um, you know committed crime or transgressed in in some manner that warranted um, their being in prisons. Now, a lot of them would come in for interview, and you could see that they were disempowered. A lot of them had no connection to anything, you know, um, and that's that's really sad to yeah. think that that people can go through life and and end up in the position that they are in, um, and really not see any future for themselves. So I've got a bit of a reputation for being rather challenging, <laughs> being rather challenging in that situation. Um, I have had um, you know second time around second interviews. I listened to what you said last time, ma'am, and uh, you were right. So this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and that, that's great, you know, if, if you can turn somebody's uh, life around like that. I think community connection is one of the antidotes to uh, people falling through the cracks. Uh, the stronger we are as a community, the less likely it is that we are going to have people falling through the cracks. You're never going to have a, a 100% score. Yeah. But you can do what what you can to make sure that that the people that are around you are are okay. Um, you know, mental health is a scourge at the moment. But one of the one of the ways that you can manage the consequences of of mental health is by making sure that a person is connected, that they're um, you know, not just with their physician or their their psychiatrist or um, pharmacist, but but that they're supported as a person, and um, that that gives that person a strength that they didn't know they had. They draw people draw strength from connection. Mm. Um, yeah. Me. Yeah, and it needs to go longer than the forty minutes that they spend with their, you know, in a, in a session with someone. It needs to uh, extend past that. Is there is there something in the city of uh, of Wyndham that you'd like to see that we don't have at the moment to to help in 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 that kind of community connection area? Um, look, I think I think we're doing um, reasonably well. I still think that um, you know we're a young population, um, so. Um, I mean, during during my time of being a bit of a rebel, um, we we managed to to have the youth services centre built on again on Derrimut Road. Um, I don't know that we have sufficient resource for our young young population, yep. um, but we're never going to have enough. Um, I suppose the other thing that I would say is that we're a very diverse community, um, uh, both in terms of uh, a re- of country of origin, so where people came from. Um, but also in terms of, of um, uh, whether it's religion or whether it's the sport we play or you know the language we speak, our, our first language. And and I should mention here that uh, we have a very strong Indigenous community in Wyndham yep. that that is not as well recognised as it should be. It's not as celebrated as it should be. Um, that's my personal view. So we have a long way to go to to looking at the diversity of the community in which we live, looking at the strengths of those communities, and and trying to um, bring that all together as a as a um, sort of like a um, I don't know. I, I used to crochet when I was young, and you, you yeah. would turn balls of wool into into you know I crocheted my first wedding dress for, for what it's worth. 
Um, oh, right. so, so you bring all of those strings together and you create something beautiful. You know, you create something that's going to last a long time. Um, so I think we need to work, we need to work on that. We need to be, um, uh, accepting of, of difference, but celebrating diversity, if, yeah. that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it does. I mean, and, we, and we need to find a connection. That, we need to find a connection between those those silos that are kind of all there, but they all yeah. need to be connected together somewhere. Yeah, and I, I don't know that, that – I know some communities have silos. Um, you know, when I say community, I mean, you know, municipalities have silos. I, I don't know um, – we do have some of that, I think, yeah. but, uh, but I can see the, those walls slowly starting to crumble. Um, I mean, I have in my in my personal life or in my personal connections, I have um, people from all walks of life and all nationalities and all languages and all religions, and um, it's a it's a wonderful network. Yep. It is really a wonderful network. So if I have somebody who we do a bit of law here as well as accounting, so if we have somebody that comes in here needing some legal advice and they're a little bit isolated. Um, from their community, we're able to to attempt to reconnect them with that community or refer them to services that service that community, if, if that makes sense. No, 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 it makes perfect That's sense. Right. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, just to, to finish, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your involvement with the with the Committee for Wyndham, obviously, uh, behind this podcast uh, and this initiative uh, for this podcast. You're a, a former board member and, and treasurer of the Committee for Wyndham. Where do you see its uh, its role in the community? Okay, so Committee for Wyndham um, is one of those organisations that can, um, I keep using the word empower, uh, that can empower businesses to take that next step. So it's about connecting business people uh, uh, that have uh, uh, Committee for Wyndham has a number of functions where they will um, invite, you know, whether it's politicians or business leaders or, or um, community leaders uh, to come and present um, and, and the turnout for those functions um, is great, um, and people connect and they talk to people of like mind and all that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Committee for Wyndham is also about advocacy, and it's about standing up for um, businesses within Wyndham because um, you know everybody needs somebody to stand up for them. So it can advocate um, with with the varying levels of government. So if, if somebody is having um, and I, uh, this is not easy space, but if somebody has an issue and they just don't know where to turn, the first thing they should do is ring the committee for Wyndham, who will have the, the connections um, that that will enable something to be resolved, uh, an issue to be resolved. But it's also good at at um, uniting the business community, be you small or large, um, and identifying with Wyndham as the place in which you do business. Um, and, and being proud of that. We are a proud community and we need to, you know, stand on our soapbox and say, you know, we are a proud community. We are a strong community and, uh, you know, listen to us. We know. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep, now that sums that up beautifully too. Hey, Teresa, it's been a, been yeah. a pleasure to, to catch up and have a chat with you. A tax season, I know, is is your busy time of the year, and you had a lot of paperwork in front of you to uh, to get your head around. So we'll uh, we'll let you get back to that. And uh, and once again, thanks so much for your time and for your support of this uh, this podcast and of the uh, and of the city of Wyndham in general. Thank you very much. Thanks to Teresa for her time and a very busy time for her tax season, uh, as she calls it. At footy season, <laughs> now we have tax season. But thanks to uh, Teresa once again. Thanks to Warby Accounting Services nine seven four two six two three five. That number windpower.com.au. And don't forget, as we mentioned, uh, this particular podcast for the committee for Wyndham. Uh, been around for a while, uh, but have some very important work to do in the coming uh, in the future. And uh, they're very much a part of that. The Flow Program, the Future Leaders of the West, is just one of the great programs that are being run by the Committee for Wyndham. All the details on the website and the Facebook page. And if you're not a member, please consider becoming a member of the Committee for Wyndham. Until the next time, this is the Talking Wyndham podcast. I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.